What's good? So this is the third voice note in the series, third and final um, on this in this placement series. Um, what I'm going to do is I just want to quickly go over how I got my my publishing um, situation going on. I just want to spend about five, maybe six minutes on that. And then I want to talk a little bit more about something that people have been hitting me up about, about actually getting features and getting placements and paying people for features and whatnot. So just to begin with, um, my publishing situation, I don't, like to, I don't like to talk about it too much because, I mean, these are people that, some of them aren't necessarily publishers. They are people that dabble in it and they don't want to take on too many clients. So I, ne I never really actually talk about, you know, this is my publisher, this is what we do, this is what, it, because they are, you know, they're, a, they're an entity that, they, I mean, they don't even advertise themselves. Um, unless it's obviously to these brands that they've got relationships with. So that's just my disclaimer, right? Now, my library music publishing deal. My thinking back, I think it must have been 2013, was there has to be a way for us to generate money. I was with Jay Lawless and I was like, there has to be a way we can generate money because we've got a truckload of extra beats. And there have been people that have hit me up and they've said, dude, I have extra beats that I think would be in, uh, would be good for TV games. I have extra beats that would be good for soapies, right? Uh, no artist is going to jump on them. And sure, we all have a lot of that. Now, my thought process then was to go in and do a deep dive on the net. This is my thinking at the, at the time I was also, I was working on my master's degree in physiotherapy and I was doing the same thing there. I'd have to do deep searches for articles related to my topic. And if I didn't, my supervisors knew. I think there was a point where I had like 30, maybe 40 articles and my thesis must have been, it was very weak. It felt like it was like maybe 50 odd pages. It wasn't a lot. It, at the end of the day, just to tell you, there's probably like 120 odd pages, um, maybe more. But yeah, I went in and I did deep, 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 deep searches for information regarding music publishing. What I did, the first thought for me was, if I'm creating the music for for the um, for this program, maybe if I speak to someone who's created the video for the program, then they can give me a lead as to where to go, right? So I started my Google search, got a couple of camera crews, hit them up. One or two hit me back and they were like, nah, dude, we don't deal with that. One of them said to me, look, we send it off to a company like a Red Pepper or whoever it is, and they sort that out. Then I, I looked and I was like, oh, okay, cool, a lead. That then allowed me to go and find the next set of people. Google, um, Google a couple of people, a couple of production companies, emailed them, tried to set up some meetings. I took a couple of meetings and I took uh, emails. I got a couple of replies. A lot of them were like, no, no, we don't do that. No, a lot of them were just ignoring me. But I played the numbers game. I sent out enough that one of them was like, okay, cool, well, this is the information we know. Because at the end of each email, I just say, hey, if you can point me in the right direction, if you don't know, but you can point me in the right direction, thank you. And that's what ended up happening. Once in a while, someone would point me in the right direction. And then what that then led me to is the next person. So there is no holy grail or magic bullet for you to find a music publisher, right? What I would say is through all of that, I ended up getting a meeting with um, one of the people who was heading up Norm at the time, which is now known as Capasso. I don't, I didn't know it was him. I just got into the meeting. I got to the place and I looked around. I was like, crap, we are here. <laughs> and then I looked around and I saw the guy and we had the meeting and he 
was nice enough to explain the situation. He even gave me um, the red card that they use there for licensing. And I looked through it and I was like, oh, okay, cool. From there, I moved to the next situation where um, I started emailing more people. Um, and then eventually I had a bunch of publishers. I maybe had six, seven, eight, nine, ten of them, right? Those publishers, I then hit up and I asked them all whether they are taking the music. At this point, I knew that they were all taking music. So I hit them up and I, I asked them, I was like, okay, cool. Can I send my music through? Some of them said yes. Some said they're not looking for anybody. There was a lot of no's, but then there were one or two yeses. I sent to these people and um, I ended up getting a meeting with one of them. I sat with them and they were like, cool, would you like to, would you like to work with us? And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, they sent through a contract and then there's another one. I took a meeting with them. Would you like to work with us? Okay, cool. Send me a contract. And then there were, th there were three, right, at the end of the day. One of them I ended up just not going for because, well, Justin and I didn't go for it because we sat in the meeting and we realized that it was, a, it was an exclusive deal for library music and we didn't want that, okay? Uh, the other two we went for. So that's how we got that situation going. With regards to my commercial music, that goes through Shia. I don't expect Shia, I, I know we all, people talk about Shia and whatnot and, you know, should I sign to Shia, should I do that, should I, Shia signs everybody. I'm going to tell you now, I have someone who's at Shia, they work at Shia, they sign everybody. There's no specialness to you if they are there, they are, they just, if you want, it's like Samuel, you go there, you ask them, they'll say yes, they give you this generic form, you can't, there's no debating it, they don't really care about you and your situation. They offer you this form and they say either take it or leave it. They take on a lot of people. Once in a while, they headhunt people. The guy told me once in a while, while if they see you popping on TV, uh, they'll ask around and find out whether you have a publisher and then they'll headhunt you if you don't, right? So that's the situation. Now, when people hit me up, they say things like, hey, dude, I'm looking for a publisher. I went on Google and I found Shia. Should I go with them? Now I get annoyed because I went on to Google myself and I typed in South Africa Music Publishing, just those four words. And the first thing that popped up was Shia. And I was like, no, this is not fair. I'm not, I'm not Google. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you, look, these are, these are the people that you need to go and go and speak to. And then this is the way that you must approach them. These are the things that you must give them, right? This is all stuff that needs, it needs fine tuning on your end. Sure, I can tell you that when you speak to these people, don't, don't go in with your music one time. Ask them whether they're taking music and then from there, you ask them whether you can send through one or two songs, right? Let them specify and then send through the music the way they want it. But I'm not gonna go into online etiquette. That's something for a completely different day. I might, I'm sure I've got a post somewhere on the internet that has to do with online etiquette, but that's that, right? With regards to actually doing a search, if you want to find a publisher that's going to take care of you and has a small enough roster, you're going to have to search a little bit harder than that. You're going to have to take meetings that you don't want to take. You have to make phone calls you don't want to make. You're going to have to take the time to go the extra mile to get the results that are the ones that you want to see. Unfortunately, there's nothing more that I can say except for that. So when it comes to looking for a publisher, look, just, you know, keep on scratching below the surface. Keep scratching, scratching, scratching. Eventually you'll find what you're looking for. Um, I'm very, very happy in my situation. Um, and yeah, I'm going to go on with the library music publishing and the, um, the other publishing that I'm doing, the commercial music. 
Um, someone quickly, I just someone asked the question about um, how the music needs to be st structured. I think in the first voice note, I talked about how the structure is different. Uh, when you eventually do get into that agreement, you then speak to the publisher. They explain the entire process to you. They have a guideline. They have a, usually they have a PDF that they send you, and they'll say they want no longer than 0. whatever seconds be of silence before the song begins. Um, the song needs to it needs to come in with an intro. Straight from the intro, it needs to have a, 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 a big chorus. From there, it goes into a kind of like a stripped-down version, uh, maybe uh, eight eight or so bars. Then from there, it builds up into another eight or so bars that's you know that's well and truly different. And then from there, it needs to build up. Like it needs to have like a um, uh, think of like an EDM build-up or a house build-up. Those build-ups are a little bit longer, so it needs to build up somewhat and then get into a really really big chorus. And then at the end, it needs to. There's no fading out at the end. It needs to end abruptly. And then after that, there's a there's a there's a there's a period of silence that they want there as well. But again, that's all something that they will explain to you, and you don't have to worry about until you're in that situation. Right. Cool. Now the other thing that I wanted to talk about real quick was the amount of people that hit me up to say, how do I hit people up for features and how much you know they're very upset that you know that I had to pay and do all of that kind of stuff. That wasn't the point that I was trying to make. The point that I was trying to make through telling you how I got between right the way from P.O. right the way to Toyota Lazy, that entire story that I gave was to show you the power of a relationship. Because I wrote it down on a piece of paper, for the first time it gave me an opportunity to look at my career with a timeline. I've never done that before and I was like, whoa, if it wasn't for P.O., I'd have none of that stuff. Right? If it wasn't for me hitting that guy up and doing what I did there, and then for me moving to the next person, you know, to, speaking to Jay Lawless, being in the studio, then Blacklist, then all these people, then the Reason things, then from there the Casper things, then from there the, the Toya things, then, you know, it, everything led on to everything else. But it all came about because of a relationship that was built. What a lot of people see this feature thing as is a magic bullet. And it's about as good as a one-night stand. Now, what people want, and I say that candidly, I say it jokingly, but I'm being very, very, very serious. It's like setting up, having a one-night stand and then wanting to meet the family the next day. Let me explain. You pay someone for a feature. You whip out however much money they want. And then after you're done with the feature, the track is done, the service is done, right? You and them are finished. But now you hit them up and you're like, hey man, can you please tweet my track? Hey man, can you please do this for me here? Uh, we're going to shoot a video. Do you think that you can help out with a little bit of the budget? And then after that, you want that love, you want that attention, you want that, that, you want that connection to that person. But they can't, they couldn't care. I don't think, maybe I'm, I'm just spitballing here, but a lot of the time I don't see them wanting to vibe with you. AKA doesn't need new friends. Krista doesn't need new friends. Like, Casper, uh, they don't need new friends. Like, you're not going to go in there, pay them money to get into the circle, and then that's how it's going to be. So my the point that I wanted to make is that, sure, you can pay for a feature, and collaborations is one of the major things. It's collaborations, paid advertising, and the other thing is just being omnipresent, being everywhere on every piece of social media. Those are the three ways to get your name out. And I think I'm going to actually, now that I think about it, I'm going to do a post. This is something I heard from Gary Vaynerchuk, but I'll extend it um, into next week's voice note. And I'm going to talk about those three specific things. So a lot of time needs to be spent developing the relationships 
not just trying to pay for the features. Because to this day, let me just give you, so just, to, just to close this off, to this day, I can't hit Morel up for anything. Morel is not going to take, uh, he won't take my calls. I don't even have his number. I don't have any way. I think we even communicated via email now that I think about it. There is no connection between us. And quite frankly, right now, it doesn't bother me. And I'm sure it doesn't bother him either. But that was the beginning. That was the start and the end of the relationship. It didn't end so well. And that's how it was. And now, you know, it, it is what it is. But conversely, if you look at someone like P, who I've had in studio a lot, or if you look at someone like some of the guys that I'm working, at, uh, working with at the moment, um, uh, uh, D-Mania, um, Nathan Blur, these guys that I'm trying to work with at the moment are the people that I sit with in my poverty. When I say poverty, I'm not talking about poverty in terms of money. I'm talking about poverty in terms of our careers. Our careers aren't where we want them to be, but we're struggling together. That way, when something big does happen, like with this P.O. situation, when he goes into interviews, he randomly says things like, Silas, he refers to me as a brother. That's the kind of relationship that we've built up in that. So I just, I just want that to sink in, that there's no magic bullet and relationships are key.